Hello and welcome to another Chicago Blockchain Real Estate Collective Meetup. I'm your host, Adam Carswell, joined as always by my co-host, Michael Flight, CEO of LibertyFund.io. Happy to see you guys here today. I'm seeing everyone filing in. This is this is awesome. You'll realize I use the word awesome as a, as a forecast for uh, our, the first por- portion of our presentation today, or I should just say meetup. You know, this is an open floor. Everyone's welcome to chat, raise their hands, use the chat box. I'll say that now too. Remember, use the chat box today as we go through this presentation, guys. Um, if you're, again, here with us live, thank you for investing your time with us today. You're going to get a ton of value. And if you're joining us on the replay, also be sure to subscribe and check out the show notes for the links connected to today's message. Um, and if you're listening on the Dream Chasers platform, be sure to rate and subscribe there as well as follow the links to the video replay. All right. So the focus of today's meetup is working with digital securities platforms and how they operate. And we're going to have a presentation on this topic brought to you by the great Jamie Finn, co-founder of Securitize. Uh, really excited to have Jamie speak with us and share his knowledge today. But first, we have an introductory presentation uh, and more of a, a black blockchain background story, if you will, by our co-host, Michael Flight. Uh, so ladies and gentlemen, grab some popcorn because both presentations today are absolutely next level. And uh, we definitely have some chuckles along the way uh, here in Michael's presentation. I'm sure you're going to get a kick out of Jamie too. He's got a good sense of humor as well. So, you know, we like to keep things interesting here. We've had a fun blockchain journey, Michael. Uh, we've made detours in Romania and Europe and, you know, I'm going to shut up here now and, and hand it over to you. Why don't you tell us, um, you know, how you got started in real estate on the blockchain? Well, uh, thank you very much. Uh, I have to say that, uh, you know, some of you might know Adam is the voice of liberty for Liberland, uh, the startup country over in Europe. And uh, freedom people everywhere know him as the voice of liberty. But uh, it's great to have him as uh, also the um, host for the Chicago Blockchain Collective Meetup. Before I get into, uh, or before we get into Jamie's talk, I kind of like to explain to you, and it kind of explains to you how we ha- have uh, Jamie on the um, at the meetup tonight. Uh, so um, I'd like to show you just a little bit of a brief clip from the 1967 movie, The Graduate, starring Justin Hoffman. I just want to show you how prophetic this movie was uh, for what we're talking about tonight. What are you going to do now? I was going to go upstairs for a minute. Oh, I meant with your future. Your life. Well, that's a little hard to say. Ben. Excuse me. Mr. McGuire. Ben. Mr. McGuire. Come with me for a minute. I want to talk to you. Excuse us, Joanne. Of course. Thank you. Oh, he is such a wonderful friend. I look at him and I can't believe it. I know. I just want to say one word to you. Just one word. Yes, sir. Are you listening? Yes, I am. Blockchain. Exactly. How do you mean? There's a great future in blockchain. Think about it. Will you think about it? Yes, I will. Enough said. That's a deal. So I'm always reminded of that uh, clip whenever I hear people talking about, you know, blockchain is the future and it's going to change the future. But I I sincerely have... uh, you know, 
completely drunk the Kool-Aid and all in on uh, blockchain and how much it is going to change the future. And you're not going to believe what Jamie is going to talk about for the trillions of assets that are going to be, you know, digitized in, in, on the blockchain. But, uh, you know, that section of the movie always stuck with me because it's always thinking about the next big thing. And um, it was really hammered home uh, a few years ago when I heard it, when Peter Thiel in his book Zero to One said, look at what is inevitable in your industry, and, uh, but no one else sees coming. And I was hanging around with, uh, you know, this crew of people that were early adopters in crypto and, you know, for various reasons. And we've been in the shopping center business for 30 years. So real estate, um, a lot of people say is kind of a boring industry, but it's, it's stable and it, it's what we like. And, um, you know, you could see there was changes with disintermediation uh, and changes in the shopping center patterns for millennials. And so we got concerned about is the shopping center business the right place to be? And as some people on this call who are in the mall business can tell you that it's a very difficult time for shopping centers right now. Uh, so we started looking around as to what type of um, real estate were we involved with that wasn't going to be involved with, you know, going completely online and what was disintermediation uh, resistant. And so we looked at um, single tenant leases, which are basically bonds wrapped in real estate. They're um, large tenants um, like your Jiffy Lube, like your dollar stores, your dollar generals and Walgreens and things like that. And we saw that they were super stable, that they had 98% occupancy from uh, early 2000s all the way through the crash and, you know, now up to today. Um, and so we said, you know, we, you know, want to do that. We started going towards like a, a medical retail type of a thing. And then we, we opened it up for, like I say, disintermediation proof. So um, we, we believe that that was what we wanted to, to do with a, a larger portfolio. And then, um, you know, Adam, um, I think, uh, you know, you, you remember that startup, don't you? Yeah, I do. Um, you know, we, we did put, it was a good intro to where we're at now. Back then, I couldn't really see the big picture. I saw, you know, I remember we, we had dinner with those, those guys in Vegas that, um, I don't know if you want to give a shout out. I think it was the Kang brothers yeah. uh, that, that got us thinking that way. And, um, you know, I was, I was a rookie with Concordia at the time, too. I, I hardly knew what uh, uh, NetLease property was. But, yeah, I remember the beginning. Yeah, and so we started out there. And then um, and running parallel around that time, we, I, I started seeing um, more about blockchain. And people started explaining it to me. And some of my more anarchist libertarian friends um, started telling me about, you know, ICOs and the whole ICO thing blew up. And I really couldn't understand it because I'm a product of the public school. So, you know, I don't really do math. I can only do um, things like there's 443,560 uh, square feet in a uh, acre and how to multiply and rent square footage. And I didn't understand algorithms. I didn't understand the, the whole thing behind that. Um, and so when started talking to him about it, I'm like, well, you know, is there any cash flow to it? I mean, what's behind it? You know, how do you, how do you do this? And I, you know, brought up the point to them. It's like, well, why not you know, if you can take the cash flow and the stability and the tangibility of real estate 
and combine it onto a coin, then you'd have something real. You'd have something backing the coin. And so that's how we kind of um, got into it. And, you know, my question was, why not crypto with cash flow? Um, and so we spent the next three years researching it, uh, designing it, trying to build the superior investment strategy. Um, you know, and it, we get all the benefits of a tangible investment, uh, you know, cash flowing, regular income, and you get the benefits of blockchain, which is the security, the transparency, uh, the cost efficiency. Um, the, the big thing is worldwide distribution and anybody in the world can invest in the United States. Anybody in the United States can theoretically invest anywhere in the world. I mean, uh, we really, really, you know, like the entire idea of it. Um, and then we really think it's cool with the person-to-person, peer-to-peer, business-to-business, that type of thing. So, and then along, um, Adam does a show, uh, it's called the Liberland Show podcast, and he uh, really, I, what do you do, a weekly show, Adam? Uh, we try to we try to get a couple episodes out per month, yeah. Yeah, so he, he's um, interviewing all these like really interesting people, like, everywhere in the world. And so um, I, you, you explain because I think they con- did you interview them or did they contact you after a show, um, our, our Romanian connection? Yeah, it was a, a little bit of a snowball effect. I had uh, Roger Veer on the Liberland show and then he was like, hey, do you want to come on the Bitcoin.com podcast? So we did that. Um, and then after going on the Bitcoin.com podcast, I had Two uh, enterprising guys in, in Bucharest reach out and said they started a cryptocurrency called Bedcoin. And I remember just at the time I, I forwarded the email to Michael. I would say it's a joke, but I was like, what do you, you know, what do you think about this? And Michael's like, well, let's actually like let's take a look at this. So you can already start to imagine some of the fun that we had with it. They were looking for investors that, you know, had real Bedcoin is what we were really having a lot of fun with. <laughs> And, uh, you know, just uh, they were looking for, for individuals, individuals with real estate expertise. And so um, even actually, you know what, Michael's son, Sal, took a stab at cleaning up their white paper. Uh, we like to joke and say that it was awesome. Vlad and Philippe, it was awesome. Uh, if, you're, if you're watching with us here today, we're going to share a clip from Bedcoin that we just found very, uh, just very entertaining. Michael, this I don't know. the type of marketing that we're trying to achieve right here. Here we go. Last but not least, in our uh, latest marketing campaigns, uh, one of our articles made a huge highlight and uh, went through the internet like lightning. It's uh, the news that we're planning to create a live version of the John Wick Continental Hotel. Guys, look look how cool John is when uh, he's entering the Continental and uh, he's paying with uh, their special coin. Imagine a similar scene, uh, the future Bitcoin holders will be able to perform, enter a Bitcoin hotel and uh, pay in Bitcoins. How, how awesome will this be? I, I, I mean the, the resemblance and uh, it's just something like total awesomeness. It's going to be so awesome. Just, just absolute awesomeness. So yeah, uh, <laughs> go ahead, we, Michael. <laughs> we're all about the awesomeness, but working with the Bedcoin team really convinced us that um, you know the tokenization of real estate on the blockchain was the future of creating wealth uh, for millions of people uh, worldwide, and we we still believe that it's our mission statement, uh, and we think it's the best of both worlds. And um, we right now are uniquely qualified to 
to jump onto this and be the world's first net lease security token. Yes, there we go. Uh, Michael, did you have anything else here before uh, we get over to Jamie? Well, you were going to talk a little bit about um, security tokens. Yeah, uh, well, security... You're right. You got me. <laughs> uh, security security tokens are, are really going to replace the uh, the sketchy wild wild west of, of ICOs uh, with regulated reputable investment offerings. Yeah, we ended up discovering uh, security tokens were regulated and operate within a legal framework. Um, on my way back from one of my trips uh, to Romania, I attended the Security Tokens Realized Conference. And I met with a gentleman, uh, Matthew Lamerel, who um, was one of the uh, early investors in the Securitize team. Uh, so he gave me this book, uh, The Blockchain Competitive Advantage. Um, and uh, I, I just have to read this quote that um, Jamie's partner, Carlos, did because he had it in the book. He said, it's inevitable that security tokens will transform equity just as Bitcoin has transformed currency because they afford the owner this direct liquid economic interest and the expedited delivery of proceeds. Every type of ownership can be tokenized, which is a massive multi-trillion dollar market. And I, I have to agree with him on that. I think it's going to go. So we're creating the world's first uh, net lease security token. We are solving, we believe, uh, some of the problems that are out there with both real estate investment and cryptocurrency. Um, one, cash flow. Two, generates wealth. Three, is a hard asset. Four, a hedge against inflation. Five, stability. Six, it's regulated and tax efficient. Uh, seven, you know, we really like the concept of smart contracts. Eight, you, you've got tokenization, um, nine, liquidity, and 10, worldwide access to investment opportunities. So with that, we'll uh, bring it over to Jamie, who uh, is the main, uh, main show tonight. Well, thank you very much. Uh, appreciate uh, the intro. Uh, no, I have to Jamie, say- Jamie, or sorry, go ahead, but I do want to give, give your intro as well here too. Go for it, man. Go All right, it. yeah, because guys, Jamie's got quite the resume. Uh, so buckle up and get ready for this one. He's a seasoned executive who has worked in six countries in both startups and corporations and is currently, as we said, the president and co-founder of Securitize Incorporated. During his nearly 20 years of experience, he has participated in over $500 million worth of transactions, including Conterra, Sansa Security, Jaja, Talkbox, Ring Ring Media, and Zingy. Most recently, Jamie helped grow Aki Technologies from an eight-person, $1 million company to a profitable enterprise with over 60 people and tens of millions in revenue. His previous employers include Ericsson and Telefonica, and Jamie also held the position of AVP of Product Innovation at AT&T, as well as executive positions at numerous startups. He's been in San Francisco for the past five years after spending six years in London, and Jamie grew up in Puerto Rico and is a native English and Spanish speaker. So boom, there's your intro folks. Jamie, the microphone sure. is yours and guys remember to go ahead and utilize the chat box along the way. Here we go. Yep, and I'll take questions in English and Spanish if you guys want. Um, the, uh, yeah. No, I'll tell you, look, I, I, I think the, the category of uh, you know, net leases is something we actually haven't seen. And a long time ago, people asked me, oh, what do you think would be a good product for this space? And I always looked at it and said to myself, you know, triple net lease makes a ton of sense because of the points you actually made, you know, cash flowing. Um, even now, and this was maybe a year and a half ago today, 
Um, if anybody's paying attention to anything crypto, everybody's obsessed with yield farming. Um, I spent uh, about, I don't know, four hours on the concept of yield farming with one of our VCs, Blockchain Capital, and some of my co-founder and some of our team. And at the end of it, I was like, wait, yield farming, let me get this right. I borrow money at one price and I make money at the other price and I make the delta between. So it's arbitrage. I'm like, that's been happening forever. The fact that we have a new world called yield farming is not actually that innovative. Multiple assets packaged together. We also had, I don't know if you remember 2008, we did have that little crisis that happened, uh, which was the same kind of idea. So we'll get back to that in a minute. Um, but I just want to say triple net lease, the idea I think is fantastic. I'm really excited to see it get out there. Um, so I think it's pretty cool. So listen, I'm going to share a few slides. I'm happy to go um, as deep or as shallow on the topic as you'd like. Um, the reality is, uh, you know, the, the slides I presented could be a little bit basic, but I'm just going to give you a couple of minutes background on us, how we see the space, where we see the opportunities. I'll talk about some cool things you can actually do with these digital assets, which is always a nice thing. Um, and then we can, I'm happy to take any questions that anyone has that I might be able to answer. Um, so just a little bit about Securitize. We are, uh, and we started, um, you know, quite decentralized, if you will. Um, Carlos, my co-founder, was actually in Dubai when we founded the company. I was here in San Francisco. We have about 48 people now, but you can see we have our headquarters in San Francisco, where I am, otherwise known as the place that is either on fire or full of homeless people. Uh, we also have engineering team in Tel Aviv, one in Buenos Aires. Uh, we have a sales office in New York, uh, product in Madrid, um, and a large team actually in Tokyo. Uh, Tokyo is becoming a very important market for us. If you look at our investors on the right-hand side, um, some of them you may or may not recognize. The ones you don't recognize are more than likely very large Japanese companies, such as Nomura, SBI Holdings, or MUFG. Uh, these are humongous uh, you know, financial institutions there. There's another one called Mitsui Fudosan. Fudosan, I learned in Japanese, means real estate. Um, and Mitsui is one of the largest, Sogo Sosha, so one of the largest holding companies in Japan. So we have some really great um, kind of banks and real estate investors. And the reason that we have these types of investors is mainly because um, they see the same opportunity that you guys see. And so it's not by chance. They're not like capital investors. These are strategic investors that have come to us because they think that real estate is going to be a humongous category here amongst a few other areas that we're working in. So I think that's an important validation of the space too. And you won't see a, a cap table like this with too many other companies in the space. It's split between crypto and Ripple and Tezos and OKCoin and Coinbase, and then financial institutions like Centum there, Nomura, SPI, and MUFG. So it's quite the mix we have. Um, so uh, just a, like our point of view is basically this image, right? So in the end, everything will be digitized. And what you're looking at is a trading floor at UBS in Stanford, Connecticut. Uh, before and after uh, trading went digital. And what's on the left is the old school way, what's on the right is where we sit today. And actually right now, I think it's actually occupied by um, an MMA organization. Um, and it's probably even emptier given the pandemic we're all living in. Um, although you may need a space this big to have any investors or any traders on it at all. Um, and so as we go through that, and, and I like to take a little bit of mystery kind of out of this mix, if you will, because um, there's this, concept that this is something totally new and changes everything. And it does, but we have to consider 
where it's come from, right? And so in the past, you had paper-based kind of bearer bonds. Um, these are like actual pieces of paper that stamps with numbers on them. Um, and this was actually a huge problem because what happened was uh, there was a hurricane that hit New York. Uh, they call Hurricane Sandy. And actually, uh, where all these paper uh, kind of bearer bonds and, and, and stock certificates were got flooded. And so the SEC actually had to change and enable uh, digital representations of shares as opposed to paper-based shares. And so that was a really big step of what happened historically. And I always think it's important to understand the history to understand kind of where you're going. And so, you know, today, um, what we see a lot of is, and if you've invested in real estate, you've done this, you've done a lot of paper-based contracts with wet signatures. Um, and it's really kind of error-prone, time-consuming. You're probably emailing your passport back and forth or your driver's license and scanning documents and sending them. Or in many cases, even if you're going to invest in a humongous fund like BlackRock, you actually have to wet sign a piece of paper and send it back to your broker. That to me is just a mind boggling concept that shouldn't be permitted in this world. I mean, you don't do that with anything else, but to invest huge amounts of money in one of the most important real estate funds in the world, you have to send them a piece of paper that's signed. And obviously given the pandemic, paper's not that popular. Um, so, you know, we really see the future as kind of this totally efficient native digital asset um, that's, you know, digitally issued, totally instant settlement. We've got a product in market today, which I can talk about later, um, called Instant Access that allows for an atomic swap of a security uh, with a stable coin and enables you to trade and sell a security to anybody. In fact, more than happy to sell somebody a couple shares of Spice VC while we're on the call, I'm happy to log into my account, pull it, and post a link if somebody wants to pick up a few shares in a venture capital fund. Um, and you guys can go ahead and do that. And that's the power of what we're talking about, the ability to directly access, purchase, and own these native securities. It's really, really fundamentally shifting uh, in terms of the underlying kind of groundwork. If, any, if you've ever tried to do a, 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 a transaction in private securities, the amount of time and money you waste uh, with lawyers reviewing what are basically standard documents but have to be kind of tweaked slightly just for this specific transaction is, is really um, inefficient and useless, to be honest. So we eliminate all of that kind of pain using these types of technologies. And, you know, uh, I will say I'm not trying to sell you guys on anything more than the concept. I've even curtailed my slides a little bit to not be so salesy. Um, so, you know, You're I think... You're very excited uh, about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I... I, I believe in the space. I'm an investor in the space. That's how I got involved in it. Um, you know, the backstory on it was Carlos, who's my co-founder, was like, I'm doing a tokenized VC fund. I was like, that sounds great. And he's like, great, give me money. And that's how I got involved with Securitize was by putting my money where my mouth was. And so, you know, I've always, I've been an investor in the space. I've invested in a number of our uh, uh, initial customers' projects. It's a little trickier for me now to invest in these deals because of the, we're under supervision uh, with the SEC. So we have to be a little bit more mindful, but nonetheless, uh, in the past, that was the case. Um, and, you know, our, our world is really the, the way we look at digital and why it's better is pretty straightforward. It's, you know, we see it as secure. Um, one of the mis uh, things that gets misconstrued here is that uh, digital security is somehow similar to a currency or a cryptocurrency. In fact, the only thing in common is that they both use blockchains. Um, in fact, a digital security, you're not going to steal it. It's not a thing. You can't steal something. There's a cap table that has your name on it that says how many shares tokens you hold 
And you can't steal that. You can't just edit it. In fact, it's cryptographically secure, which makes it better. We also have the transparency aspect. So if you were to log on to, for any of the technical folks on the call, which I feel like this may be a more technical group than most, um, you can go onto Etherscan, you can look at Spice VC's security token, and you can see the transactions on there. You won't know between who the transactions happened, but you can see that they happened and you can see exactly what was paid for them. Um, you know, further, they're liquid. Obviously, if you have transactions, that means you have liquidity. One of the criticisms of the space is how much liquidity, but I would venture to suggest that it's a lot more liquid than the private securities market, which has almost no ability to trade, whereas this is very efficient, allows you to execute a trade instantly. It's, it's a very powerful tool that way. Um, and this is what we're talking about in the end is, you know, in, you know, from a fundamental point of view, if something doesn't save you time, um, it better save you money. Uh, and in our, in our world, we're actually doing both. So we're saving you both time and money using this approach. You know, a private security sale process, if you go through it, is quite complex. Frequently, you'll engage um, a broker who will negotiate a price. They'll confirm the trade is compliant and permissible. They'll then have to validate the ownership of the security, do KYC and AML checks on everybody involved, check what's known as a ROFR or write a first refusal, and they'll have to review uh, kind of the offering memorandum terms to secure that this can actually happen. Once they do that, they can actually escrow the funds and update kind of the cap table, but it's a very long process. It can take you days to weeks to do. A public security is actually relatively um, liquid and they do a really good job in comparison to private securities, where again, the timeline is pretty much unlimited. Public securities settle in about three days. Um, they involve very centralized authorities and DTCC. Uh, and so it's a little bit kind of centralized, if you will, whereas a digital security um, is much, much more lift and easy um, to transact in. You have automated price setting, compliance is built in. You can validate ownership instantly. All the terms are presented and the cap tables are all updated in real time. So all of this happens um, and is packaged and run through software as opposed to having to do it with people reviewing documents. And, you know, people make mistakes all the time. And, you know, you, in our world, you're not going to go back and, and backdate an option or backdate a trade. You can't do it. It's on a blockchain. It's impossible. Uh, there's a, one of the transfer agents was dinged today for doing a bunch of backdating of trades. And we were looking at it. We, we were trying to figure out how they would, like, well, you couldn't backdate something in our systems. It's impossible. It's on a public ledger. Like, you can't fake the public part. So, you know, for us, that's a really important piece to understand around what a blockchain enables, both good and bad. You know, and I'll say that this is just some, some stats, because I always like to have a couple of stats in there. But, um, on, on average, and, and on the Liberty side, maybe this is worth knowing, it usually takes you about 18 months to kind of raise capital for larger uh, deals. And about 70% of firms still require um, wet signatures as part of opening the account, which is really unusual. And, and I can't even get my head around it. But many times if you open an account with a broker or an RIA, they'll send you documents to actually sign, which is wild. And actually most of the advisors today that you're buying these securities from have almost no document management technology. So they don't even really know what you bought or they have some third party system that they enter in manually. And that's how the data gets in there. There's no automated uh, proof that you actually made that investment. It can easily be fat fingered and mistakes can easily be made. So kind of an interesting um, few stats just to consider. 
So, you know, from our point of view, uh, the real estate is a huge category, as I mentioned, you know, at the beginning with our investors and then, you know, just the reality of triple net leases. If I look at our customer base of over a hundred customers, you know, real estate is definitely one of the largest categories, uh, if not the largest. And the reason for that is really that, um, you know, tokenized real estate has advantages, which are, you know, the ability to be able to purchase these things from anywhere in the world, as you correctly point out, but also um, to have much more liquidity than you would normally have in real estate. And I, I can remember being in Jersey, not the um, state of New Jersey, but the actual island of right. Jersey, uh, where almost like I would say 70% of real estate offerings are managed globally. And we met with a group there called JTC, Jersey Trust Company. And they said, well, you know, the biggest problem we have here in Jersey is that funds come to end of term and there's no way to get the investors to kind of roll over because the real estate's not ready to be sold. And so they really needed a way to offer liquidity so that existing investors could exit who wanted to exit, but investors who wanted to stay in could stay in or potentially purchase the other existing investor shares. And that's, you know, something that really hasn't been solved with the paper-based system. It's just too complicated, too cumbersome to get somebody out of a you know, $10,000 position, the legal paperwork is just too much. And so, you know, the, eliminating that friction is really a, a core piece of it. And we, we see it also in the like public non-traded REIT space, same challenge. Most of these things are held in, you know, uh, 401k type accounts or uh, Roth IRAs. And again, you just can't justify the legal brain damage to make a trade on such a small amount of, uh, that's usually held in these RA, on these uh, 401k or IRA accounts. And so that stuff just sits there. And, you know, these guys collect fees on fees without actually delivering a high quality product. So if you have a higher quality product without a middleman, you're naturally going to have better yield, which at the end of the day is what you know, I think most people are kind of looking for. So, you know, from our point of view, what we see real estate investors really wanting is the ability to raise more capital, uh, manage liquidity demand. So how you and people entering it, and exiting, and of course, reducing costs. You don't want to spend money on on operations that are unnecessary. And in many cases, you know, when you're dealing with paper, it just takes more people. So less paper is less people. It's just the way things normally work. So that's just the you know from our point of view how we see it. Um, and there's a whole you know uh, a whole ecosystem basically around this, um, and they involve a variety of different uh, participants. Um, everything from you know, the advisory, the legal, the accounting, the broker dealers, the custodians, escrow, wallets, liquidity partners, obviously you have to get investors in, you'll need a marketplace or an exchange where you can list it, peer-to-peer -peer trading and stable coins for settlement. So what's great is when we created this uh, kind of image originally, it was about a year and a half ago, and a lot of these pieces simply weren't there. Um, today, almost all this, well, actually all this stuff is there, and these things are happening, and they're happening at scale, and in fact, the, the nice thing is p things are getting packaged much more efficiently. And, uh, you know, Liberty is a, apologies, but it's a good example because in partnership with, uh, with Stonegate, we actually have a kind of a packaged product with them where there's one throat to choke, one price to pay, and everything is included. And that's, you know, a huge leap forward from where we were even six months ago. And so, you know, this product uh, that we're coming to market with, which Liberty is the first user or customer of, uh, we think will be transformative because it just simplifies the whole process and things have to be easy uh, for people to get through them. And so, you know, as we roll that out and I'm 
pre-announcing it. It'll be out shortly, but it's always good to have a customer at the same time. Um, so the really cool thing, I think, and, and apologies, there's a couple quick plug slides, uh, but I think you should get this from any vendor you pick regardless. They should have a single portal for all of your documents. There should be a single portable identity across all the offerings. Reduce friction where you can with investors. It's very important to kind of make it really painless. Um, you should be able to run multiple offerings at any given moment in time. And I, as an investor, should be able to log in, see my investments, invest in new deals, you know, exit one deal, enter another deal. All of those components are will make uh, your investor community kind of grow and make people come back and buy more. And so that's what we've been um, spending the last six months on is this new investor experience, which we think will be, you know, really well received. Um, and then obviously the identity components that underlie that. So it's something that we've been bringing out and just as a, I'm, I'm running out of time, everyone's kind of got me on the timer. So here we go quick. I'll talk about this one quickly, which is enabling liquidity. You don't so have, we have a product. Completely rushed, Jamie. You can oh, that's you fine. take your time too. It might be fun to look at, I'll show you guys. I'm just going to show you this working. So it's a live demo. So something will invariably go wrong here. Um, so bear with me while I pull this up. I'll take one second on it. Uh, you guys can bear with me. Are you, can you see, I don't know. I don't think you can see my screen right now. One second. Let me share my we can, yeah, we can right now, but yeah, take your time. Okay, cool. Take your time. All right. So let's do this. Let's, uh, you can see my screen, right? Yes. Okay. So you should be able to see me going to spicedc.com and logging in. Right. Um, just to make sure. All right, so I'm going to go into um, Spice is, is how I got involved in this space, and I mentioned I invested in it. So I'm going to go into Spice, and I'm actually going to set up a trade, uh, and I'm going to push a trade out here onto the into the chat for everybody to look at. So this is a, this is something we did with AirSwap, um, and AirSwap's kind of our partner. And I'm going to log in with my Securitize ID again, so everything kind of integrated, as I mentioned, you, anybody you buy something from should do it at a very minimum, these types of capabilities. So I'm going to go in here, I'm going to log in and uh, going to show you um, exactly how you set up a trade. And let's say somebody wanted to buy the tokens, they'd be more than welcome to. I will warn you that ETH gas prices are insane right now, thanks to all of your friends uh, yields farming. Um, but nonetheless, um, I think it's cool to see. So here, I'm going to go into the liquidity tab. And in here, um, there's a thing called uh, this peer-to-peer -peer piece, which is called instant access. So I'm going to generate a trade. Um, there is a problem with MetaMask Wallet, so it may throw uh, an error, but hopefully not. I don't use MetaMask Wallet, so I'm hoping it doesn't, but we'll find out here shortly. We go on generate trade. I think I'm using all of the bandwidth on the internet, I guess. It's all right. This is good. Well, it'll be good if it works. Otherwise, it'll just be tremendously embarrassing to me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, scary that the uh, center of the tech world uh, has no bandwidth in San Francisco. <laughs> it shouldn't be a a big surprise. Yeah, this is not loading for whatever reason that we don't have. You think it's the center of the tech world, but it's really uh, <laughs> yeah. it's more this is the center of like giving everything away. So. Well, here we go. My instant access link is not working. As I warned you, we did uh, screw this one up, apparently. So. Is there a um, is there a, an, an instructional video or somewhere? Yeah, it is a video. Hold on, I can uh, pull that. We can just put that in the, we can put that in the show notes too. Because um, Securitize does have some really good informational videos. Um, 
that kind of yeah i mean i know yeah. even the one we used to advertise for today was really very very Let's helpful see. to use Kirby, can you send me the link uh, for that this is when you use a, a partner product sometimes it has some weird wonkiness and we had some technical difficulties we accidentally set up two meetups so i think um I know some people were having problems getting into this meetup because uh, they were going to the other meetup. So, yeah. oh, good. So I know Arabi Ar remembers that. He's like, Adam, is this the, is this the right <laughs> description we have here? Because I think we had Carlos on the other one. Oh, yeah. Car <laughs> but hey, you make it work. Or I need 45 work. seconds. Okay. You got it? Um, I mean, as we, as we pull that up though, um, you know, let's, let's just go ahead and open the floor for at least for one question as we're waiting. Um, does anyone have any questions for, for Jamie on, um, anything we've covered so far today? You can either raise your hand or just put it in the chat box. Your choice. Adam, Sam had one. Oh, Sam, go ahead. Oh, here we go. I'm sorry. Uh, Jamie, could you provide some, some clarity so where you see most of the liquidity is currently coming from and where you see it in the future. What are you sure. seeing? Yeah. And then also just to follow up on that, what are you seeing in the marketplace in terms of demand for technology and DSO? Is it mostly private funds uh, looking to tokenize or is it more institutional investors? Um, so the investors today are definitely not institutional yet. Um, I think that space is still a little ways off. The challenge is you have to get into the ecosystem a little bit more deeply. So once you have um, RIAs uh, that can distribute product or uh, any sort of investment advisor, that's when you can really tap into that money because most of the rich folks' money is not run directly by them. It's run by uh, an investment advisor. And so until you're in that network, it's really hard to access. Um, in terms of liquidity, almost all liquidity today is focused in one place. Uh, and that's on T0. And the reason it's focused on T0 is because they did a digital dividend, which forced every investor uh, to have to create an account with T0 in order to be able to liquidate to collect their uh, digital dividend. Um, so they have a, the most liquidity in the space by far. Uh, I do not believe that that will be a fruitful long-term strategy. So they're going to have to bring a whole bunch more assets on uh, for trading because what you can't have, you can't go into a store where you can only buy one thing um, because you simply won't go there anymore. And so it's like going into a convenience store where they only sell, you know, chips and then you can't buy anything else. So they need more product in there. Um, just like every other marketplace does. Uh, you know, I think by sometime next month, we should be north of 15 securities live on chain that can be traded. Um, as more of those get into uh, T zero and other marketplaces, uh, then you'll see more demand for it. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, there's, there's some hiccups around the experience um, in terms of how all the wallets and everything else works. And then at the same time, there is, um, you know, some pretty good opportunities, I would think, in terms of the way that liquidity is going to build. And, you know, remember, there's still no market makers in this space. Um, so we're very, very early in terms of the overall kind of space. And I know through Spice uh, VC, you guys have relationships with... Um, Several offshore um, exchanges too. Yeah. yeah, so we work with Archax, um, which just got their license approved uh, in the UK. Uh, we're working with Fusang in uh, Hong Kong, uh, CryptoFX in CESA. Um, you know, there's a, there's a whole number of, and the, the, the marketplace or exchange partner list is about 40 deep, um, but the gap from when they 
signed to integrate and actually go live with their license is usually much longer than everybody wants it to be. Um, okay. So now we're starting, you know, you've got about five marketplaces. There's Merge, M-E-R-J, uh, which I cut one of our customers is about to list with. Um, so it's kind of like the, the markets are growing, but they're, they're, you know, taking minutes to set up. All right. And time, time is winding down here, guys. We got about another five minutes. Um, see if that link can get over, but also real quick, we did have another question come in, Jamie. It's from Fletcher sure. Wheaton. And is there any risk to not being a first mover in this space specifically uh, for real estate? That's the first part of the question. Part two, what are the advantages of having some investors that want to use different currencies? Uh, for example, wanting to liquidate in us dollars or, uh, you know, another in the Euro. Is that, Possible. Yeah, so, possible is that correct? Yeah. Well, so you know, liquidate is going to depend on the trade that they set up. So if they're going to settle into a different currency, that's between the investor and whoever's buying it. Uh, that's up to them entirely. So I think that's fine. And in terms of first mover, I think um, what you will definitely see is uh, just like in the hedge fund world, or anytime you create these kind of new product categories or new ways of interacting, is that uh, first movers will definitely be able. Um, if they're able to raise the capital, they're going to be able to scale their business more quickly. And if you scale your business, and I'm, I'm sure the guys at Liberty will tell you that there's a plenty of real estate out there to buy. If they had the capital, they would bring a whole bunch more deals in as quickly as they possibly could. And so, you know, I think it's, it's a, that's the game. So if you can have a track record, show a return, you can start to scale your business really quickly. So the earlier you're in, the earlier you can scale. That said, returns are returns. And so the format um, that you're using, be it digital or paper, will just depend on the investor you have. One thing that most of us forget is uh, almost over 50% of the, the money in the U.S. Um, that's run by these robo-advisors, well, over 50% of the money in the U.S. is run by robo-advisors. And the only thing those robo-advisors can invest in today are public securities. So the ability to create a digital native asset will enable these robo-advisors to start to tap into that market. And so if you have a large warehouse of uh, inventory that these robo advisors can start picking up for, you know, cash flow or whatever the investment thesis may be, then that's going to have a significant amount of demand for it, I believe. Awesome. Thank you for the explanation. Just want to check. Uh, do you have that, that link to the video? I do, do I I do, yeah. Yeah. Let's I can, uh, let me just do the, the zoom here. And I just want to say the information you just, you know, for us, what, you know, it, this is just golden. So thank you very much. It's my pleasure. I'm happy to share anytime I can. All right, here we go. Let's uh, hope the audio is working for everybody. So what you're seeing here is uh, a trade getting executed, uh, which normally would have worked. And there's a voiceover, or there's no, you can just read it, but basically log in as I just did uh, into the website. Um, you can use your email or a securitized ID. Uh, once you're in, you go into the liquidity tab. This is actually my account, ironically, because uh, I thought the video. <laughs> so we'll go up to the uh, liquidity tab and then from there, um, pull up instant access as it should normally behave. So the cool thing is there's absolutely no middleman in this as well. So there's no commission, nothing to be paid. And so I'll sell, you know, in this case, I think it was 10 tokens. Uh, for about uh, 15 USDC, which is close to the nav of the fund. And then I can set how long the time the trade will be live for, like a day, a minute, a week. Um, and you can actually select a counterparty if you want to. You then connect your wallet, 
I use a Coinbase wallet on my phone. Uh, you don't have to worry about digital securities getting stolen. So it's not a big deal. Um, so then the trade has been generated at this point, And now there's a link, uh, which you can send to anybody. You can send it via WhatsApp, text message, post it on Facebook, put it on Twitter, do whatever you want with this thing. And anybody who can take the other side of the trade. And so what you'll see here is the other side of the trade being taken and an atomic swap for a security. So this user uses MetaMask, they connect their wallet, they approve the transaction. And, and that's it. It's a little thumbs up too. <laughs> yeah. And at that point that, you know, the trade is complete and uh, you now hold the security. You will also receive an email from the system telling you, here's your login uh, to the dashboard. Um, so you can see all the information about the fund, et cetera. So, you know, everything, all the kind of it's the, the smart contracts and the software, are one thing, but then the full service wrap, we're thinking about the investor is the other bit that we really uh, focus on. So there you go, guys. Thank you very much, Jamie. Uh, guys, thank you for joining us here today. We're winding it down. I do want to pause here for one moment. If anyone has one last question they want to shoot out there and ask Jamie, uh, we're going to pause here for a moment. And if not, then we'll, we'll end it. We're not afraid of silence around here. I always like to say that. Five, four, three, two, one. All right. Uh, so yes, guys, thank you for joining us here tonight at the Chicago Blockchain Real Estate Collective. You can reach out to Michael, myself, or Jamie. Jamie's email is currently in the chat box. That's jamie at securitize.io. And then guys, Michael's email is michael at libertyfund.io and mine is adam at libertyfund.io. That's all in the show notes. Um, our next meetup is going to be on Thursday, September 17th guest speaker to be announced, but I know we've got some really uh, cool guys in the pipeline here. So we'll see, we'll see who Michael decides to bring on for us. Uh, looking forward to it. Jamie, any closing remarks before we get out of here? Uh, just remember to take that piece of paper and throw it out because we don't need it anymore. <laughs> nice. And Michael, same for you. And any closing, closing remarks? I, I really thank you very much, Jamie, for your time. Uh, really, it, it was a fantastic thing. Uh, and it's the type of thing that we're trying to bring value to. Um, we've gotten in the past on these uh, for people just coming in later on and viewing them up to 500 uh, viewers. Uh, and so we know that this one is going to really impart value. So thank you. Great. My pleasure. Thanks so much. And thanks for being a customer. Thank you. I want to thank Arabi Patch as well for helping us put this one together. Um, and everyone, thank you. Oh, and, and you know what, Wes, Wes Hollingsworth, I believe, uh, yeah. who, who joined us here. Wes, good to see you. I think I heard you're on vacation, so glad you, you made it back. <laughs> um, but guys, thank you for investing your time with us. We uh, hope you enjoyed today's meetup. If you did, or if you're still watching here with us, be sure to subscribe on whichever platform you're tuned into um, or directly to the meetup site, which is all in the show notes. really helps with the SEO and overall visibility, and most importantly, bringing on high-quality guests to future meetups. Thank you. And we'll see you next time.